Limo Las Vegas, a My Story by Christine Tan. Far from home, a couple decides on an unusual wedding venue in the marriage capital of the world. My hand shakes. I just signed the marriage license application form at the Marriage Bureau in downtown Las Vegas. I'm very jet-lagged. My fiancé Adam and I have just flown in from Shanghai. We're supposed to get married two days from now on April 18, an auspicious date selected by my Chinese mother. Ma bought me my wedding dress, a simple knee-length garment, more cream than white, with a blue lining. The dress is hanging in our hotel closet, and my mother is on the other side of the world in Kuala Lumpur. It hits me all of a sudden that my mother won't be at my wedding. Nor will my father, my brother, my childhood best friends, or even Adam's family. It'll just be the two of us. Are we doing the right thing, I wonder? The plan, formulated at my parents' house two months ago, was simple. A no-fuss, courthouse wedding during Adam's five-day business trip to Las Vegas. Get the paperwork taken care of in that easy marriage place, said my mother. Then we'll have a proper wedding dinner for you later on. It was a practical solution, and it made sense to marry in a place where it's notoriously easy to do so. I am Malaysian, Adam is American, and we live most of the year in China. An international wedding would be hard to pull off. Endless paperwork and days, if not weeks, of waiting. But not in Las Vegas, Nevada, the marriage capital of the world, where a couple could show up at the marriage bureau, flash some ID, pay 60 bucks, and be free to be joined in holy matrimony. Barely 20 minutes after we walk through the doors, the clerk hands us our marriage certificate. I tuck the precious document into my bag. Adam takes my hand and we walk down the street to the courthouse. I never dreamed of my wedding day. I was a practical little girl who didn't see the point in spending tens of thousands of dollars for a one-day event. Marriage, my parents taught me, was what mattered, not the frills that went into the wedding itself. But my heart drops as we step through the entrance to the courthouse. It's cold and grey inside. There are two security guards, one staring off into space, the other watching television. Um, hello, I say, but neither guard pays attention. The door leading into the courthouse proper is locked. Excuse me, who can we talk to about a civil wedding, asks Adam. One guard casually turns his head towards us, his eyes still glued to the screen. Come back later, he says with a dismissive wave, then scratches his hip. He turns back to the TV without another word. Adam scolds at him, and I feel my eyes tearing up. Logically, I know this is just the paperwork portion of the wedding, and that we'll have a wonderful celebration back home, but I just can't shake the gloom. No matter what, April 18 will be the day we get married. It will be on our records, etched on our rings, the date we celebrate every year to mark our union. How can my memories of April 18 be in this cold, drab place? And my wedding guests only these two rude guards? I run out of the courthouse in tears. I'd rather be married by Elvis or Count Dracula, I say. I can't get married in there. I know, says Adam, rubbing his back. On the way back to our hotel, we panic. How do you plan a wedding to remember in less than two days? The cold sterility of the courthouse has changed us. We don't want a small and quiet wedding any longer. We want familiar faces around us, warmth and camaraderie. An hour later, we find a wedding planner online. I explain our situation. He seems unfazed. So how about a limo wedding, he asks. I look at Adam. It sounds like a crazy idea, and yet... There's room for seven guests, the wedding planner continues. 
The package also includes a photographer and champagne. We're sold. It's too late to fly in our family, but luckily we're at a conference where we're surrounded by friendly faces. You're a scrap reporter, I asked Adam the night we met at a group dinner in Shanghai's Barbie restaurant. You write about trash? I wrinkled my nose. He grinned and said, you'll see. Two and a half years later, here I am at a scrap and recycling conference full of Adam's work friends who have become real friends to both of us over the years. Friends who are shocked but ecstatic when we tell them they are invited to a wedding. At 6pm on April 18, we squeeze into our unconventional wedding venue, a shiny black limo. My right hand is in Adam's, my left hand clutching a bouquet of red roses. I'm wearing the dress my mother chose. Adam is in a light blue dress shirt, his curly hair turned frizzy in the heat. Reverend Robert sits across from us, solemn and dignified, his gaze alert and intense despite the many marriages he's already performed today. He leans forward, putting his weight on his legs. He hushes our guests, clears his throat, and as we drive down Las Vegas Boulevard, he begins. Do you promise to accept each other from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness or in health, to love and to cherish, till death do you part? I do. I do. And we're married. Our marriage certificate says, Limo, Las Vegas. I can't wait to frame it. Five months later, we hold a wedding dinner at an upscale Cantonese restaurant in Malaysia. I wear a purple chong sam. My makeup is immaculate, my hair held high with sharp pins and abundant hairspray. We are toasted multiple times and photographed with my parents, Adam's siblings, our childhood friends. It's a wonderful party, the proper event most people remember as my wedding day. But I often find myself remembering our other wedding, the unexpected wedding. April 18. In the end, it was not what we planned, but became everything we wanted, the strange, beautiful wedding my husband and I hold close to our hearts. Do you have a my story you'd like to share? We pay cash for any original and unpublished story we print. To contribute, go to readersdigest.com.au forward slash contribute. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia. Narration by Louise Waterson. Sound production by Ricky Price.